Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast, where we want you to find hope and encouragement from real people sharing their real stories. So here we go with your weekly dose of real talk, girl chat, and good vibes. Hi, friends. I hope everyone had a happy Easter. On today's episode, we are speaking with Hillary Brady, the founder and owner of Shine Life. She is a light that truly helps others through the most difficult parts of their life. Her story isn't an easy one, but as she reminds us, God was there through it all. You will hear how Shine Life came to be, the stories behind some of the jewelry, and how she's helped others get through very hard times. Thank you, Hillary, for being a sparkly woman and allowing God to use you. Here we go. We have Hillary from Shine Life, and she has an incredible story and an incredible talent that we wanted to highlight today. So, Hillary, thank you for being on. Will you introduce yourself and tell us about you? Of course. I am Hillary. I am um, the owner and creator and designer, the the prayer, the shipper, the everything at Shine Life. This business is my life. It is the purpose that God um, put on my heart a couple years ago, and it is it is a family thing. We this is our this is not a I go to the office, I do my job, and I come home. This is integrated into every part of my being. I'm passionate about it. I love it, um, but it is our everything, and I mean that in in all the ways. So aside from Shine Life. I am a mom of four wild children, <laughs> um, <laughs> girls, all girls, and um, a dozen angel babies. I am the daughter of a wonderful woman who is in heaven now, who taught me so much and put her um, color and beauty into um, shine life also. So you'll see a little bit of my whole story in shine. Okay. So we know that you make beautiful jewelry that really shares a story. Can you talk about your first piece of jewelry and the story behind it and kind of how you got started with this? Of course. Um, so shine life was not something that I went to school for. I didn't go to school to make jewelry. I, I am not, um, a jewelry artisan of any sort. I am a creative and I heal by being creative. And my mom was an artist. She, I think that's just in my genes is to create. And so when my husband and I were growing our family, we had one little girl. She was three and a half, Taylor, and then got pregnant. And very easily we were pregnant um, everything was going smoothly. We went in for our ultrasound to find out what the baby was, boy or girl, right? Okay. I had, I didn't know God. I um, grew up in Southern California. We went to church for Easter and Christmas and my best friend would go to Sunday school. I went with her. So like I had a little taste of who God was. I always believed in him, but I did not know him. So at that time I was like 29, I guess. Um, my husband grew up Southern Baptist in the mountains of North Carolina. So he had a very strong foundation and I had no foundation. And I know that God had put us together so that I would have a comfortable place to ask my questions because he had the knowledge, but he didn't look down on me. Like in North Carolina, 
the Bible Belt, if you're like, who is this Jesus guy? Because we moved to North Carolina and I was in high school and I had no idea. So if you ask that to people, they're kind of like, how do you not know Jesus? Like, what's wrong with you? And so I didn't have a comfortable place to ask my questions until I met my husband in college. So he, having said all that, when we were pregnant with our second, um, I had this feeling, I was like, you know what? Like, I really want to raise our kids in church. We're growing our family. I want them to know this God that you seem to know so well that I don't. And I have this craving to know him. So we went to church um, the first church we could find, if my friend told me about it, we went that Sunday. Well, on Monday, we had our appointment to find out if the baby was a boy or a girl, our, our second baby. So well, that Sunday, I it was the first time I'd been in church other than my regular Easter and Christmas requirements for the family. And it was like uh, all those things that you see in movies were like it just all the emotions hit me. I melted in the seat just sobbed and I felt like I was home and it was such an overwhelming feeling of this is what I've been looking for it was so powerful and I feel like it had to be so powerful to really get through to me you know um I had never lost anybody in my life and and loss was something that was my biggest fear. I was very close with my family. My grandfather was my very best friend. My mom, best, best friend. You know, I'm very close and I was always terrified of loss. So I think that was part of my craving of wanting to know who God was. Is so I could have a little bit of comfort in what does happen. It's inevitable. I'm going to lose somebody. So went to church was totally overwhelmed, totally saved, went to the after church meeting, was signing up for, it's called starting point, and it like basically walks you through um, your basic questions of who is God and all that stuff. So I was so excited. Um, well, so that was Sunday. On Monday, we went for our appointment. And when we went in, they um, checked the baby, and then the nurse turned the screen. And Everybody knows when the nurse turns the screen and gets quiet, it's not okay. So we found out very quickly that the baby was not going to survive much longer. He was very sick um, and had all the abnormalities that would say he's not going to be conducive for life is what they called it. So um, I went home and I prayed. I talked to this God that I had met 24 hours earlier and I sat in the corner of my bathroom and sobbed in fetal position. And I will never forget it because it was my lowest of lows. And to this day, I still pray that God never let me forget that because it helps remind me of how much he has recovered me from that fetal position in the dark. Um, so I needed something to heal I needed to pour all of these emotions and brokenness into something that would bring healing. So I started creating. Um, I wanted a necklace to keep my son with me. So I'm like, well, I didn't want to go to a store and buy an angel wing necklace or anything. I just wanted to create. It was, it was the experience of creating that I needed. So I made a little angel wing and that's what I wore to keep him close. And Again, this was just me making something for me. I wrote about um, my experience with my miscarriage 
on social media to share with my family because they were worried about me. Well, in the post I had written about, I had taken a picture of the wing and said that this was to symbolize him. And I had no idea this would happen, but the post got shared and shared and shared and shared. And people were like, not about the necklace, but you've got to hear her story. It was so unique in the sense that he was so sick. And I mean, being saved the day before your biggest loss, like that's a pretty stinking cool guy. I mean, I know he was knocking on my door for years, but for me to finally open it just when I needed him. So the post was shared and I started getting emails from people all over the world. Um, I know you made a piece for yourself. You understand what I'm walking through. It would be wonderful if you would make something for me. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so I started, I started making angel wings for women all over the world and Australia and Europe and everywhere. And the more I was making for other people, the more I was healing myself. And it was just this sense of this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I had no idea, no idea that I would make jewelry. I was in, I worked for an ad agency and was a marketing director. This is not, this is only God. This is God saying, this is your job. You're not supposed to write billboards anymore. You're supposed to make jewelry for other women that are going through what you've gone through, you know? So that's my very long story. Like I said, it's, it's a very complex, but I mean, I'm still in all of it. I think it's, I just, I think it's so neat what God did with brokenness and what he's still doing. Cause just because my losses, um, you know, our family is now complete, but my losses don't stop there. Grief is forever and it changes. So that's what I'm still working with is I get to continue working with women that are either losing babies or lost babies 30 years ago and they're still grieving or they've been diagnosed with an illness and they're walking through that grief. It's, it evolves and it will never go away, but we can find a way to see it, um, to see the possibility and healing there, you know, rather than just that dark fetal position in the bathroom moment, you know? So. Thank you for sharing all of that and just walking us through it and helping us to experience it. And then also seeing what great things came out of it. So will you talk a little bit about uh, more about shine life and just how it's evolved since that moment of making angel wings for thousands of people and what has it looked like now um, evolving going forward creating more of a business type atmosphere um so after the wing it was not long until I got emails from people saying well you know I know that you can make this could you make something for me and the next piece was our it is well necklace and it was a woman that was going through um, chemotherapy and she said I need something to wear all the time and this hymn is so special to me. Could you make that? And I am a yes person. So I said, sure, of course. And then I looked at my husband. And I said, I'm going to need you to make an it as well necklace <laughs> because he's my figure it out doer. I'm the thinker and the creative and like, let's do this. I mean, it goes all the way down to our house. I'm like, let's build this in this room. And, and I'm like, let's do it. And he's like, oh, okay. All right. I'll figure that out. So he literally, um, we went and bought raw metal. We bought, we bought hammers. We bought 
uh, tiny little saws, punches, everything we needed. And he laid on our kitchen floor on the doormat for cushion and hammered away and cut tiny pieces of metal. And it was, again, it was, he felt as the husband that his story was more than just being the husband. He was there to help me heal. His heart needed to heal. It wasn't just me that lost a baby. He lost his son. And so he was able to find purpose in creating also. And we make the perfect pair because we've always worked together. I mean, and we've been together forever and ever. Um, but we worked together in real estate before, before Shine Life. So, um, he was in sales and I was in marketing and I ended up, you know, as Shine evolved and people started asking for more and more pieces, I was up till three o'clock in the morning. Taylor was four at the time and she, you know, kids don't like to sleep. So she's up at 5 a.m. wanting to have snacks. And I'm like, I just finished making jewelry. I'm so tired, you know, so, um, <laughs> It got to the point where I told my husband, I said, I, I think I need to quit my job. I think this is what I'm supposed to be doing full time. Now, I was the one with the salary and the benefits. He was the one that worked commission in real estate. So for me to say, I think I need to quit my job, and he said, go for it, that was a pure Jesus take the wheel leap of faith for us to say, this is my calling and God will provide. Um and I, this has been seven years. Well, I mean, after six months of me working and uh, on Shine Life full time and he worked after hours, um, I told him, I said, I think this is what you're supposed to do, too. And so he left his job and we've been working full time Shine Life for seven years. And everybody that comes to us, I mean, we've designed, I mean, I don't even know, tens of thousands of different designs for different people. And they all have come out of a story. We have, I think we've got like 80 some SKUs now, but they've all, they've all come out of something specific in my life or someone else's life that other people relate to. So it's just gone from my losing my son creating a wing to this international opportunity to help women walk through any kind of hardship and even celebrations. But the majority are people who are grieving in some way and are looking for hope. So it went from little to how can we help the world? <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I think that just in those moments of growing, I mean, you saw the hand of God through it. I think 24 hours before losing your baby, like or knowing that he wasn't going to make it, that was intense. But even though your business has blossomed and grown, you said it's all out of stories, you have had had some hard things happen in the midst of that. So like you said, you lost your son. Can you talk about some other events that have happened in your life that make Shine Life even more special and purposeful? Yes. So like I said, the um, loss was my biggest fear. And I mean, up until this past Saturday, God has... Um, shown me that that was something I needed to work through pretty early because it was going to be throughout my life. Um, after we lost my son, we were diagnosed a week later with a condition. I have a genetic issue that makes it, according to doctors, nearly impossible to have a healthy child. So then we grieved not being parents, um, more, you know, our family not growing any more than our wonderful little girl, Taylor. And 
But, but I looked at it and I said, you know what? Like, why would God give us Taylor? So easy, so healthy. Pregnancy was perfect. Um, one, I think it was great for me to have her before the diagnosis because I was able to experience a pregnancy without worry. Um, but after that, I just had this feeling in my heart that our family wasn't done, um, that it was not complete yet. Taylor is a very special child. She was an only child at that point. She watched us go through so much. She was my symbol of I'm not giving up. Um, she still is that. She's 13 today, and she still gives me that reminder that we didn't give up. Um, and without her, I think that we may have because the medicine said you can't. But God said, look at her. You can so we continued to try and we continued to lose and we got pregnant. Um, I got pregnant so easily. I had 12 pregnancies over the years and lost all of them. Um, twin baby girls. As far as we know, our son was the only boy and then everyone else were girls. Some of them got as far along as four months. Some of them were early eight weeks. Um, but it was this constant roller coaster of hope and excitement and okay, we got it this time to loss and oh my goodness, why? And then, you know, the courage to try again and then asking God, am I supposed to keep going and feeling like I am because I was checking my heart and God says, I love you and I love babies and of course I want to make you happy. So we were like, of course we keep trying to have babies and, you know, I just kept trying and we kept losing. And then, um, and then we got pregnant and it kept going further and further. Now I had complications from, um, five weeks. That's very early. That means you're probably going to lose this baby when you have complications that early, right? Well, we didn't. Um, we kept going and we kept going and we had all, I mean, I was high risk and the baby made it to, um, 26 weeks and I had had major back pain and we were in the grocery store and I was working, I was doing shine life full time, always making jewelry, hunched over. And so we went shopping for an office chair for back support, thinking that that was what was wrong. Well, I ended up going into labor. As I was looking at the office chair, called the doctor. They're like, you need to the hospital right now. We got in there. The NICU team rushed in. So I was 26 weeks. The NICU team rushed in and said, you're going to lose this baby. You need to prepare to say your goodbyes. And I just remember being like, no, what? No, this is not going to happen again. I can't do this again. We've gotten so far. This is the furthest we've gotten since our first. And I just remember being like, no, and, and being in a fog and, and everything, people rushed in. They did the shots to develop the lungs. If she were to be born, to give her the best chance of life. And then all of a sudden, the labor stopped. And they were like, okay, okay, well, we're going to keep you here. And so I was in the hospital on bed rest. They were going to keep me till 37 weeks, I think, and they'd do a C-section. And I just remember being like, I mean, 26 weeks to 37 in the hospital when I've got a four-year-old at home and I'm supposed to be making jewelry for people. Like, how am I going to do this? You know, and all I could think about was, I mean, whatever it takes to keep this baby healthy, but there was no question 
that she was going to make it. I mean, they were certain that she was going to, that she was going to be born and we were going to lose her. So I sat in that hospital thinking every day what it was going to be like to lose our baby at this point. Um, I woke up one morning and have a very high pain tolerance. <laughs> and I woke up 29 weeks and I said, I think, I think I need some Tylenol. And they checked and they're like, nope, baby's coming. And so she was born. I mean, they didn't even get me into labor and delivery from whatever it was called, whatever the, the mama unit. Um, they didn't get me down to labor and delivery before she was born. I got to kiss her on the forehead. They took her to the NICU and she was in that NICU at 29 weeks and um, three pounds when all of the other babies her age were one pound. But the doctor said that I drank so many milkshakes during my pregnancy that I truly helped give her something to work with. And I still to this day drink milkshakes just because you just never know. It's always a good thing. Um, so she was our, oh, man, that was hard. I mean, being in that NICU because I didn't leave her side, the doctors, they we had brain bleeds. We had she wasn't eating. Her stomachs were, some her um, sleepy bowels, and her stomach wasn't working. And if we brought her home, it would be serious conditions for the rest of her life. So there was all that we were working through. I was praying nonstop. I was writing on Facebook my prayer for the day. I mean, this is a new Christian. I was just saved like a year and a half prior, right? So I'm praying my face off to a God that I've just met. And I was so in that moment, like, God, come on, come on. I want to see this. I want to see you work. So we went home for the doctor said, you can go home. She's stable. Go home and get some sleep. I get home 30 minutes later. They call and they're like, you need to come back and say goodbye. She's not going to make it. So I rushed back. And anyway, long story, she is uh, nine now. And they told us that she would never speak. Um, words that would make sense. She had apraxia. Um, she had all these things that she was going to battle with. She would never walk. She would never do any of this stuff. She's playing soccer at the park right now um, with my husband. She's She is very unique. She is a miracle in all the ways. Um, right after we got home from the NICU with her, we lost my grandfather, who was wonderful to me. Um, we lost my grandmother and then my mom started showing signs of stroke. And so when she was in the NICU, that picture of her over the bassinet in the NICU was when she was healthy and mom was healthy. And, um, we started to see signs of confusion and we got, went through all, my dad worked for hospitals. And so he had her checked all of the best of the best places. And um, anyway, long story short on that, I um, watched her battle um, dementia with Louis bodies, which is absolutely brutal when you're young and you, she was 62 and um, aware of everything going on. So it was terrifying for her. It was terrifying for me to watch my best friend through fear and, I really was in denial that we were going to lose her. And then we ended up losing her um, five years ago this February. Um, I just, it's been <laughs> one thing after another, but God is like, 
I, I don't focus on all of the loss. I focus on all of the good that we have. We after after Aubrey came out of the NICU, we got pregnant very quickly with Keely, who was a nine pound chunk a month, full term, <laughs> no problems. I mean, what? <laughs> a three pound preemie to a nine pound full term. They had to induce me because they were like, she's too big for you. So um, then we had, we got pregnant, we, we lost twins after her, and then we got pregnant with Baby Shine, again, nine pound chunky monkey. And after Riley was born, I was like, we're done. Like, we are done. And, and not because I couldn't emotionally handle it, but because I had finally had that sense of this is my family. And I think it involved the the 12 babies we have in heaven and the four girls that we have on earth. And, and this is our family. And I, I've had that sense of, I got it. This is, this is everything, but yeah. So loss after loss after loss. And then our, our stinking puppy, we lost her on Saturday and she was one and special needs. And it's like, I know people are like, Oh, come on. It's a puppy, but not to our family. Our, we are, our pets are our kids. And so <laughs> it's like, well, I know grief on all different levels. And, um, but I, again, I feel like God has, um, given me opportunities to relate to so many people because of all of the different parts of our story. And I think that there's beauty in that. And, and I, I know that bad things and hard things happen. But I also know that beautiful things come from them. So that's what I focus on is the beauty that has come from these hardships. What are the necklaces? Did you have a necklace that you specifically designed for your mom? Yeah, the um, the end Alzheimer's necklace is a tiny little elephant. It's got a heart in its trunk that forms into a awareness ribbon. And again, this is one of those things where I'm like, I wanted something that was going to be symbolic of Alzheimer's, but I didn't know I wanted it to be totally unique and um, had my husband take a tiny little saw and cut it out and create it for me. And then, but the message is what the heart is once known, it shall never forget. So that, that a lot of people resonate with that because with Alzheimer's, you know, they, they forget your name. Um, they don't act like themselves. Sometimes you sometimes see anger or, just uncharacteristic stuff, but knowing in their eyes, when you look in their eyes, that, that their love is not gone anywhere. They, they are still there. That is what I needed to remember. There were years where we were kind of like, that's not mom, you know, that's not who she is. And I have um, customers say the same thing that though they are the caregivers for their parents as they struggle with this disease and they'll see some things that are hard for them to accept because it doesn't, remind them of who they were. And then they have that reminder. If you look in their eyes, if you look at their hands, if you just focus on who they are inside, um, you can let go of what the disease is doing to their mind. So that little, that little elephant um, was my reminder to keep focused on the love that she had for me rather than what the disease was doing to her. It's beautiful. Yeah. We lost my dad um, last February, February 2019. And I had seen that you do the handwriting necklaces and all that. So I'm definitely going to 
I've been looking at different ones. I've just never, you know, found. And then I was looking um, a couple days ago, and I was like, okay, I know what I'm getting now. So I just think oh. it's so special. There's, um, There wasn't a way, you know, years ago when someone would pass besides pictures or you have cards from them or notes or whatever, but to have something that you can – keep with you every day, um, whether it be something of their handwriting or just something to remember them by is um, really special. And going through loss myself, I know that that how special it is to have something that you can keep close to you and have um, all the time. So I think what you guys are doing is incredible. And I know that um, I know you've seen it, but I know that it has to help so many people. It is. It is. um one of those things, another one of those things where I'm like, you know what, this would be neat. Let's do this. And this was years ago when nobody was doing it and it required chemicals and certain papers and stuff. And my husband figured it out. And, but it's now it's become where you can do a lot more with um, technology and equipment, machinery and stuff. But it's still, there's some things like we got, um, somebody had written on a napkin. Um, and marker, red marker, and then water spilled on it. So you know what happens when you put marker on a paper and then it water, it just turns into a big watery mess. So there's things like that. We had somebody that had written in pencil on a concrete wall and that was all they had. Um, coffee stains, note cards, handwriting in Bibles where they were praying and that's all they have. But those things can, You can lose them. They can disintegrate. You can not have that wall with you. So how do you create something to keep that memory alive? And like the little, you know, the the personality that you see in handwriting, like my grandpa would sign all my love Um, or, you know, certain people who have little squiggles in the way they write. It just reminds you, brings back memories, just like music does. It brings back just such like, I don't know, powerful memories of who the person was. So we are one of the only people that I know when we stopped doing handwriting temporarily, I tried to find another business that would do it like we do where we don't say no to anybody. We're like, Oh, that's all you have. Okay. We can, we can work with that. There's nobody else that does that because it's so special to us. We will sit there for hours and trace and just pour everything because it's all that person has. And that uh, is why we do what we do. It's, it's only to help other people get through the unthinkable, you know? So I, those pieces are very special. They're very time consuming, but worth every minute that we pour into them. I think it's special too that, you know, when you were saying earlier that God was telling you, this is what you're supposed to be doing for you to experience that loss. It's not just a business for you. You've experienced loss and you can relate with people on such a deeper level that you'll go to those extremes to make a red marker on a napkin with water spilt on it work when other people would, you know, turn them down. And like you said, I, I know that I've worried about, like, what if I lose this card or what if I lose, you know, you worry about, how, am I going to have this forever? So turning something so special into something that you can have forever is um, it's just it's awesome. Right. No, I, I totally agree. And it's, taking some letters out of an old recipe book or like my mom made a scrapbook for me of my whole life. And I was um, an angel for Halloween one year when I was like seven 
and she had written um, our angel above it. And so when she passed, I knew exactly what I wanted. It was her handwriting that said our angel. And then it had her signature that I had taken off of um, one of her f- photographs that she had done. And so I have a little bracelet that says our angel Judy. And it's just, I don't know what it is about handwriting. It just, it's so unique to who that person is. Um, and it just is so powerful to me. It brings her back. Like I, I can feel her, you know, her arms when I give her a hug. I can just feel all of that rushing through when I see her writing. I, at Thanksgiving, I opened up a recipe book because I always make deviled eggs and I always do a terrible job, but that's my role in the family. <laughs> and I like her little recipe card fell out and it had, it was her, you know, her little scratches of how to do it. And of course she didn't put the measurements. It was just like this much and a dash of this. And like, oh, okay, well, you're setting me up for failure. But um, it was still like, I just felt like she was standing over my shoulder again, you know, just by seeing her writing. So you're right. People do. I have a a box of cards, like just in case something happens to that person. I'm like, oh, this is a special card. I need to keep this just in case. And I know that sounds morbid, but when you've lost people, you hold on to everything. And um, but I am always terrified of what if something happens, hurricanes, fires, any of these things where I can't get out and that box is gone. So putting stuff onto a piece that you can wear with you all the time has been so neat for us to help people make a memory last forever. So special. That's really good. I love that. Hannah, I can't wait to see your necklace with your daddy's writing on it. That will be so cool. Can you give us some um, hope and encouragement for those who are listening and they have experienced um, either what you've gone through or something similar that feels familiar to them. Can you give them some encouragement to remind them that they're not alone through it? Oh, goodness. Um, I think that's one of the things that's so powerful about the Shine Life community to me is that there are hundreds of thousands of other women, and some of them are very vocal about what they've gone through, but the majority are people who just need to heal on their own, and they just like to know that there are other people that understand that journey. So, Whenever I'm sending something, I always write a little handwritten note that just tells them you are not alone. Like I I have walked in your shoes and there are so many other women that get it also. Um, I mean, I can't even tell you how many hundreds of thousands of angel wings we've made over the years. There's so many women that just don't talk about it. And that's okay. There have been years where I don't want to talk about it either because I'm not strong enough to hold it together and I will just sob in the grocery store. So whether you are in a season of just needing to take the next step and get into the grocery store and get out, or if you're in a season where you want to share with the world what you've seen God do in your story, all of those are are beautiful. Every one of those moments is beautiful. But just know that, I mean, I, I love these seasons of or um, holidays where, you know, one in five or lighting the candle because you do get to see, I mean, your neighbors are with you. They just don't talk about it. So I don't know. Um, I, well, one, it's just a fact. You're not alone. Uh, and I've seen it with the millions of pieces we've made. But I think to recognize that everyone's story is so unique and their grieving is also unique 
Um, and it's all good. It's all okay. I just, I felt like I think the biggest thing that people ask me is like, how do you know to keep trying or to not keep trying? And how do you hear yourself? Whether, how do you discern whether it's you and your desire or what you feel like God is telling you to do or, you know, which path he's urging you to go down? Like a lot of people call me and say, um, you know, I, I have lost so many babies and I know that I'm, I just, I'm not done. And I've spent this much money on fertility treatments and what do I do? Do I keep going? I'm going into debt. What do I do? And I, my answer every time is the same that I worked on changing my prayer to, um, rather than God, please bless what I want. This is what I want. I want to be a mom. I want to carry a baby and I want it to be healthy and I want this and this and this to changing my heart to desire what he wants for me. And until I truly surrendered my desires for what I thought my perfect story looked like, did I see his plan unveiled and rolled out to me. And as soon as I surrendered, that's when things started to line up. And that was beautiful to me. There was freedom and surrender. So if you're grieving and holding on, because there are definitely a lot of emotions that go on in grief, anger, bitterness, um, you know, frustration, just brokenness, all that. I, I'm walking through it still. Um, <clears throat> I think surrendering when there's nothing else you can do, um, you just have to say, okay, God, I'm all yours. Just hold me together today. And then we'll talk about tomorrow, tomorrow, but just getting through today and knowing that there are millions of other women saying the same thing. God, just today, just get me through today. And he will, he will every time. And you'll, I mean, it could be a matter of minutes where I'm like, wow, I didn't think I was ever going to recover from that, from that dark spot. And then minutes later, I'm like, okay, I can do this, you know? So just trusting I don't know if that answers the question at all, but that was on my heart. So, Yes, it totally did. And I think what an eye, I mean, you sort of have this opening into what God sees every day of people hurting and people thinking they are alone. And you get this opportunity to help them feel like they're connected and they're a community of like, I've been through that or I've been through something similar. And you see it every order that you get. So I think that is a gift um, that you give, but also that have to be able to help them heal so that's wonderful wonderful encouragement yes you've kind of touched on it a little bit about how many orders you've had of people sharing their stories and you know created pieces for them um but can you share any stories like are there any that stick out to you any stories that you've heard from um others who have who wear the jewelry that you make um so oh my goodness there are so many but the elephant one that I was mentioning this girl she um these custom they, they start as customers right but then they become like my personal friends and I, I follow their story I pray for them um seriously like I don't just say I'll pray for you like I truly am am thinking now their names in my head are their Instagram handles so I'm like God, I don't know who they are but I just need you to help me help her. And, um, but like this, this, and, and most people are like, I don't know how I found you. I don't know how I started to 
um, you know, get connected with Shine Life. But I know, I know God was like, here, because there were years where we didn't do anything. God just put us in people's feeds. They, we showed up when they needed to see it. They got involved with the community. They bought a piece or whatever it was. They just followed us and they just became part of my family. So I hear, I mean, I have, I have walked with a woman who was on her literal deathbed that was struggling with an eating disorder and she just completely confided to me. She was 16 years old and talked to me every day about she was finally ready and it was okay if God took her. And I, my heart as a mom was breaking watching her say, I'm done. There is nothing more I can do in this fight. And I just, I knew, I mean, I, I knew in my heart that she, that God was going to go ahead and say, okay, it's time. Um, and I will never forget. I mean, I remember sitting, I, we've lived in a million different houses, but I remember sitting in this house in my bed and just crying over this girl. And um, years later, I checked back on her and she's gained weight and she's like confident and hopeful and she is shining a light for others struggling with eating disorders. And I'm like, yes, like I don't even know she ever bought Shine Life. Honestly, don't even know if she has a necklace, but I, I don't care because she reached out to me and said, I, I know you understand fear. I know you understand the need for hope. Like, can you just pray with me? And I, I did. And it, and she became like a daughter to me. So she that she doesn't have maybe she does maybe she has a, a necklace but I don't remember. Um, but this one girl Brooke she bought an elephant necklace for Alzheimer's and um, she said that the card um, really talked really spoke to her. There were difficult times and she was caring for her mom when her mom was hitting and screaming and name calling and the person in her mom's body was not her mom. Um, she said that she had, was having a hard day. She was getting ready to help her mom get dressed. And she had gone into her closet and saw a dress that her mom had saved from her childhood. And she she realized that her mom held on to these memories of her as, uh, as her daughter because of that love. She loves her. And she was like, she felt like God put that little, that dress right there where she could see it to give her that new breath of, <sighs> she loves me. And she turned around and she got her dress and, she held on to that necklace. She said, I remember rubbing that necklace between my fingers and repeating the same on the card until tears filled my eyes. And I turned around and helped my mom get dressed. Um, but a lot of people, um, one of our stores that carries our line, we offer the owners of stores one necklace that speaks to them for free so they can wear it in the store and just see what Shine Life is all about. And one of our stores um, picked the mustard seed. And she said, especially right now in this world, when things feel so scary and overwhelming, that's what she clutches onto. She, it's her reminder that God still got us, um, that everything's going to be okay because it all, all it takes is a mustard seed. So, I mean, really the, it is well necklace, the angel wing there. And there's people that come to me and they're like, I really want to get a tattoo, but my parents won't let me. So, I think a necklace is probably a safe bet. I'm like, yeah. So we've engraved <laughs> necklaces to look like the tattoo that they want, or I've made sunflowers because they wanted a sunflower tattoo. So, I, I mean, there's been so many stories, and seriously, I my personal Facebook page is filled with customers because they are personal to me, and I I love that about Shine Life. We are not. It's so hard for me to say business 
because it doesn't, it's not really. I mean, numbers come in and numbers go out. So that I guess we're considered a business, but it's stories. It's, it's a family. It is what gets me through my hardest days. Um, and what I pray helps others get through their hardest days is hearing these other stories from people. Your light is shining for others and just helping others. So I loved talking with you today. Thank you. You guys are yes. so fun. Yes. So Absolutely. fun to talk to. So easy to talk to. So. Well, good. We always like to wrap up with a um, fun question is what we call it. So what are some things or things that you're loving right now? As we're recording this, we're all inside of our little homes because of what's going on in the world. And so tell us some new fun things that you're loving. Give us all some interesting things to go Google or something. Oh, Lord. Um, So, well, with four kids and a business and busy, busy life, we don't ever slow down. Um, they, I am at the cheer gym or somewhere all the time. And so this has really been a halting stop to the busy life that we have. We never sat down and we sat down like three nights a week to eat dinner, but otherwise it was a bagged dinner in the car on the way to cheer practice, run home, get in the shower, get in the bed. So this has been, um, hard because I'm a go, go, go person, but it has been, I think what God wanted to do in me is slow me down. Um, I've always had my one word has always been pause or, um, you know, calm or one of those things. And guess what? I never accomplish it because I'm like, nope, too many things on my to-do list. Let's go, go, go. So last night we like, um, so since we lost sugar, our puppy, our, our two-year-old doodle is very confused at what's going on. And so we have poured all of the love that we're pouring into our special needs dog. We have, pour that into Mercy, um, and she, Mercy is the dog. I know that sounds like I can literally pour it into Mercy, but um, <laughs> so we poured all of our love into Mercy, and so we've been going on family walks. We walked around the neighborhood. We went to the park and let the kids just run in their pajamas. Like, these are things that I that Pinterest moms do that I don't because I'm too busy, and I'm like, no, you don't have time to do a walk. You don't have time to go to the park because we've got to go to cheer practice. So this has forced me to just say, okay. I mean, we sat on the couch and watched green eggs and ham last night. I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. I'm busy cleaning the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So it has really forced me to slow down. We played board games during dinner. Um, We went to the beach and sat yesterday. I mean, it's all social distance, of course, course. but it really has taken everything to a grinding halt. Um, And I think it's going to be really healing to a lot of people or, or like a necessary um, change for people. So taking advantage of that time and, and truly pouring into the kids because, you know, whether you are overreacting or underreacting or, or scared about the impact of the virus or the economic impact, whatever, all these things are hard and scary, but you have to just say, we're slowing down for a reason. Let's make the best of it. So I don't know. I don't think you can Google that, but like the, I've <laughs> loved the walks and we actually looked at the flowers and the trees and we threw the stick for the dog and, um, you know, played wits and wagers as a family. Like it's, it's good. It's good. It's, it's needed though. All of those ideas are so good. So good. Well, thank you, Hillary, for joining us today. You have honestly been a light, and we have appreciated talking to you big time. 
Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share my story and hopefully encourage some people out there that are feeling like they are alone just to show them that, oh my goodness, they are so not. We are here as a community and we're all going to get through this together. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure that you follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any new exciting episodes.